Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The Emerald Island. St. Patrick's Day, Shamrocks, Leprechauns, Lucky Charms. I don't know. I don't know if that's really from Ireland, but Guinness beer. Guinness beer is, I know. And you, you too, all from the land of Ireland. We are the Vinyl Boys, and this week we will be playing a classic album from the late 80s. 1987, to be exact, released on Island Records. The name of the album, Joshua Tree. We are Dim Vinyl Boys. I'm Gentry alongside DJ Ramo G. What's, What's up, up, man? We're all DJs. They call them yeah. disc, disc jockeys. We got DJ Memphis on air. <laughs> What's the business, people? And the man who really is DJing this show would be DJ Tomcat as he is live from the DJ booth. Top of the morning. I'm really excited to drop the needle for the lads here. No doubt. I'm excited about this album because this band intrigues me. Uh, one, because unlike most of the bands that we do, there's not a lot of drama between the band members. Sure. I mean, there's drama with Bono because he was a little bit of a narcissist asshole at times, and oh, he'll, he'll even dang. say that. Oh, right away, huh? But his little colored glasses. He was also the leader. Yeah, the, these four guys have stuck it out since they met in grade school in the mid 1970s, and they still, to this day, here in 2023, as we record this show, they still still out doing their thing. That's dope. The band U2. Uh, let's get into it. The album Joshua Tree. We're hoping our DJ has it on the right side. <laughs> well, I fucking hope so. <laughs> yeah, well, you don't want to mess this so. one up. All right, go ahead. Drop the needle on yet another episode of Dim Vinyl Boys. Uh, eh. Let me hear it. Oh, yeah. I like to hear that, that mm-hmm. sound. I'll yeah. drop it right on you. Hey. Over 30 years ago, this album came out. Oh, don't remind me. So apparently Joshua Tree is a re- Bible reference. Is it? Yes. I thought it was like a concert venue. What's the reference? I don't know if it's a... Uh, I, I well, thought it was these trees that they're called Joshua Trees <laughs> out west. And it's. Uh, I guess it's got its after arms After the open. desert plants named by the, Morrison, the Mormon settlers after the Old Testament prophet Joshua because their stretching branches appear to be raised in prayer. Interesting. But is that a Bible verse? Joshua, yeah, the prophet Joshua, the Old Testament, that's Bible. Yes. Well, I knew it was Bible, but I did, you said it was a Bible based on a Bible verse. That's I said a, it was a Bible ins- reference. Oh, okay. Oh, reference. All right. Yeah, Joshua Tree, uh, the name of the album. I guess they were taking pictures out in the desert for the album cover, and they came across this tree. One of the guys in the crew was explaining to them that, oh, that's a Joshua Tree. And Bono, being a big Christian guy, he liked the name and said, let's call the album Joshua Tree. And here it is. Track one. Which song is this? The Streets Have No Name. This one's great. Where the Streets Have, have No, no name. Names. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This is, I love this. This is a good one. It comes, comes straight with, out the gate. It comes in with a great long instrumental and builds up. Yeah. Love this song. You're supposed to post it. Ladies and gentlemen, this yeah. is not a 6K rock. We're <laughs> rocking up the top of the charts. Here comes a band out of Ireland. Uh, new song. It's called Where the Streets Have No Name on the Big K Rocker. Oh, I stepped on it a little bit. Uh, this is, no, you, you got it. You got it right in the post. You, good, you were good with that. Nah, a little late. Not that late. So the story behind this song, uh, I guess in 1985, Bono, of course it's all about Bono, visited Ethiopia after performing at Live Aid. I remember remember Live Aid. Yeah. And many assume this song is about that country since many of the streets there in Ethiopia don't have any names. But the song is not. It's actually metaphorical. Is it? So it's it says, metaphorical. It's a metaphysical, metaphorical, it's masterpiece. No, I get you like, it's metaphorical. <laughs> metaphysical taser mind. Face. Yeah, yeah, taser face. <laughs> taser face. <laughs> now that is a Guardians of the Galaxy reference. It is. For everyone. It is. It is. Love that. Seriously. 
How, how do we go from you two to fucking uh, Guardians of the Galaxy? You did that. Yes, <laughs> I, I did. This song is awesome, man. Bono says that he never really finished this song. Like he wrote, was writing the song and didn't finish it. But the studio and Island Records was like, we got we to put this thing out. You can't, you can't polish it any more than it already is. That's why I learned that about Bono um, researching for this particular show. That unlike a lot of the rock bands that we've done, when you talk about Motley Crue and Guns N' Roses and some of those like flamboyant rock bands, they're very full of themselves and um, know that they're the best. They come in with confidence. I guess when you really get deep down into Bono's mind, he never thought he was worthy. He didn't think he was good. He was his own bi- biggest critic. Oh, so he, was he awesome. must be a Virgo. Like possibly. Well, they did have an album, I think, called uh, Virgo. Yeah. So, so that's possible. Look it up. See if he is. All right. But he he definitely, uh, in the interviews I saw, just beating himself up. Even now that they were out doing the 30th anniversary about five years ago, I was watching an interview with Bono, and he was crediting the band. He was saying, man, the band still has it. Uh, Adam on bass guitar still has it. The Edge, better than ever. Larry on the drums, still keeping time. He's like, but me, my voice, I've, I've lost it. I'm not as good as I, w- I once was. And then the rest of the band had to be like, yeah, come on, Bono, you, you still got it. You know, you're 60 years old out there belting these songs out. But uh, it se- seemed to beat himself up a lot. Yeah, but it's good to be your own worst critic, and that's how you come out with some of that, that awesome music. And uh, I'm sure there are times when he gives himself credit secretly when nobody's watching. I'm the shit. Do you hear that? <laughs> he said, uh, Bono said it sounded like an orchestra tuning up the beginning of the song. That's what it sounded like to me, too. All right. He said it felt like a great way to open the Joshua Tree album because it was an orchestra tuning i like it uplifting that's pretty cool it's a good song and i'm not sure what sign this is but he was born on may 10th i'm thinking may taurus 10th. We gotta i think look so that yeah taurus yeah he's a taurus yep he's a taurus taurus he's like a bull yeah the taurus yep this arrangement was apparently extremely difficult to produce and they wrote it on a blackboard because it was so complex so it says on song facts on the internet really Yes. Nice resolve. They did what? March 27th, <laughs> they did the photo shoot for that in 1987. Oh, a day after my birthday. Boing. Really? You were born in 87? No, uh, March 26th. So you are. March 27th is when they shot that video. Okay. March 27th. But it was after your birthday. You're Aries, right? Not, not the day of your birth. No. I really love this song. I yeah. still haven't found what I'm looking for because I, I do have and can relate with this song because it seems like you just keep working hard in life to try to figure things out and you you have all these blessings, but you still are searching for something. You yeah. still haven't yeah. found what it is you're looking for. I can relate. This is I Will Follow, right? No, oh, this, this still is, haven't uh, found I what still I'm looking for. for, which is quite a long title oh. for a song. It I really still is. haven't found what I'm looking for. And this one, man, if this comes on on the radio, I'm always listening to it. So I'm driving in the car and I hear this comes on, I'm listening to the whole song. Why did he call it what I'm looking for? I don't know. Because he's, he's a Scorpio or whatever. Taurus. <laughs> Scorpio. <laughs> That's a different band, actually, the Scorpio. It's yeah. <laughs> all in the signs. He, he don't pay attention to it at all. <laughs> that was great. Bono does uh, vocally, I think, have a very uh, unique sound. <laughs> he does. That that is one thing I always said about him. Like when you heard you two come on, you knew it was him. It's kind of a spiritual, emotional experience listening to you uh, two music. Hey, you hear that? Do you hear that like rhythm it has? It yeah. just I don't know. It just keeps you there. It's a perfect tempo. I don't know. It's good. It's a good song. I also read that this album was really an album like fantasizing about the states. They're a band from Ireland. 
Bono says that he always fantasized about the the thought of America and what America stands for, but then he became a big critic of America because he would say to himself that a country that's based on these morals but not living by them. He's but he woke. did he did fantasize though as as to what America has the potential to be. Oh my god. He was woke. Before woke, he was very woke. He understands. No. Every man should be a man. But that's not what woke means though. No, right? but I mean that's to a, to, not to a degree of every every maybe not. No. What is not what is woke in Memphis? Woke, woke. Since you know. I, I, I do know because that was a uh, that's a black term. That's it, something it black totally people we black we people. said that's what we would say to each other like stay woke. Right. Like that's a black thing. And then were you guys white, all sleepy? N- no. I'm just fucking with you. No, you idiot. <laughs> have your have your eyes open. It, it was about injustices. It made its way to Twitter, and that's when white women picked up the stay woke because they try because you know white women had to want to feel it with hip. They wanted to the same hip. And so they started using like our slang and shit. So they white women took over the term woke and now it's anything white people don't like. Now is this a fact or it's, is this It is a fact, yeah. It's or a fact. is it is it just no, your a, no, opinion on what do you, your research. What you saw? No, it's a fact. It's a fact. You guys went down I'm a sad. deep no, it's street. A fact. No, I know it's, what, I, it's a fact. I understand where woke came from and what it's about. Come back I was to talking the in the sense of what people mean in today's terms. Like it's like a, it's, it's, it's he was he was conscious about the earth and other people and the mistreatment of other people and like he felt that everybody should be treated equally. Like, like Michael that- Jackson. As a better, you demand perfection and my bookie delivers. NFL, college football, and brand new cash out system. It gives you options to bet and win all season long. First two legs of your parlay hit, cash out early and use the funds on another bet or let it ride for a chance at a bigger payday join the my bookie family for an entire season filled with odds boosts free bets and super contests to get started go to mybookie.ag now and register for an account for free or even easier follow the link in the show notes of this episode when you're ready to make your first deposit just use our promo code vinyl boys that's b-o-y-z and grab a welcome cash bonus of 10% off your first deposit up to 200 bucks. That's promo code VINALBOYS, B-O-Y-Z, and claim your welcome bonus. Minimum deposit of $45 required. One-time rollover in sports action only. You can bet anything, anytime, anywhere. Only with my bookie. I have a clip here from Bono. Uh, we're about to get into one of my favorites. This song is called... With or without you, uh, here is Bono uh, talking about this particular song and its meaning and giving us uh, the lowdown. Let's hear from the great Bono. Odd song. It's odd. Don't, the thing about With or Without You to remember is how odd it sounded when it came out. Weird, odd. It's, it's rum- a vibe. Rumbling it's bass. It's kind this of just a really amazing vibe. Whispering guitar and there's mumbling voice and then you get to this big chorus. And, but it, it's, it's, we were students of this Roy Orbison tortured love song thing, the slightly off color love song. And uh, we've written a few, but that's, uh, that was probably the start of it. This song uh, spoke to me when I was like, well, how old was I? When I heard this song, eight or something like that, or seven. But when I heard this song, it cut right to me, spoke to me. I had never really lost anything. I was like seven. But I still mm. felt that feeling. Yeah. I never lost shit. You know, I'm seven years old. But man, I heard this song. I was like, oh, oh, the loss of a seven-year-old. It's powerful. It definitely is. This is a great know, song. You know, this man. is probably, I think, in my opinion, their best song. With or without you? Yeah. They got, they got a lot of them. They do. They really do. This, But this one, like, this one hits right. I got some facts here. You two have released 15 studio albums, and they are the world's best, one of the world's best-selling musical artists. They've sold 150 to 170 million records. Dope. They've won 22 Grammy Awards, more than any other band. And in 2005, inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame on their first year of eligibility. And Rolling Stone ranked U2 at number 22 
on its list of 100, the 100 greatest artists of all time. What a flex. Damn. But if you've won that many awards, it's like kind of you, you're at the top there. Like, what other award can they win? Like, they've won the, first, the most Grammys of all time. The first that puts band them at the top. to play to stop a meteor from hitting Earth. They get that award next. Have they done that? I don't think so. I have to check, do my research on that. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. On Song Facts, it's saying that uh, in this song, Bono describes a tortured relationship that he can't escape. And the lyric can be interpreted in many ways. Bono explained that he wanted to write a love song that dealt with real issues. And again, as like a young kid, when I first heard it, I didn't have any loves or anything, but I still can feel the song. It's so it's a good song. I mean, if you really listen to what he was saying, like when we were uh, when we were kids and we hear this song, and be like, okay, I understand what he's saying. Like T.A. just said, you're like, oh shit, now nah, I get it. I love this fucking song. It was heard in a lot of sitcoms too, Friends, The Office. There's quite a few of them, and a couple of movies, too. Really? Yeah. I can see this being in Friends. Yeah. Speaking of Friends, this band, as we said, they stuck together this entire time since 1976. When they met as kids, uh, they call them pupils, I guess, uh, in school in Ireland. Uh, they all met at Mount Temple Comprehensive School. And that is where the band was formed. And you can thank the drummer, Larry Mullen Jr., who posted a little notice on the on the little cork board at the school. And he says, I'm looking for some fellow musicians to try to start a band. And what do you know? The other three guys were all going to this Mount Temple school. Comprehensive. And they all said, hey, I'll be in your band, Larry. What does that mean? And so, uh, so there you have it. They met. As teenagers at school formed a band, four years later, they signed a record deal. Five albums later, they're selling out stadiums, and Americans embrace and love the band U2 from Dublin, Ireland. They're dope. Edge, I think, is the combination of Edge and Bono. Bono with the lyrics and the vocals and then Edge with the sounds from the keyboard and the electric guitar. I'm throwing a good drummer and a guy that can keep it on time with the bass. You got a band. That, mm. that, that song is like, especially if you're going through a breakup or something, it's just pure torment. And that's exactly how <laughs> that's exactly how Bono described the lyrics of that song. I'm Does it break your heart? Right now. <laughs> so you, to break your heart. So oh, if you're going through a breakup, you should definitely listen to this, that song, right? I would. Yeah, yeah. You're going to want it because you're going to want to cry. So yeah, you're going to have to. Or you can just like be happy. Yeah. <laughs> you can be happy. You can be, you can happy, be sad yeah. and happy at the same time. You'd be like, I'm not going to listen to nothing sad, but I ain't going to rage either. This song called Bullet in the Sky. I have a nice little story here from uh, Edge. Uh, he'll tell you exactly how he came up with this. Hear that little riff? This is uh, this is how it all went down, according to Edge. I was uh, listening to The Fall on, on the way in. There's this one track that had this amazing rhythm part, but it was an up-tempo song. So I was in the studio, I was trying this guitar part, and then Larry came out and started playing drums, but playing halftime. And then Adams chimes in with the bass, and I'm like, what are they doing? That's the wrong fucking beat altogether. So I was playing, we played for about five minutes, and I was slightly, slightly peeved, you know, they don't, they don't get it. It was what I was going on in my head. I walked into the control room, and everyone was like, whoa, what was that? And I was like, no, no, but you don't understand, they were playing it wrong. So it was and supposed then, to be double time. Yeah, and then I listened back, and I just went, oh my God. Oh, that beat's ridiculous. Damn. <laughs> so, The Fall, a punk rock band from 
England back in the day. He's listening to them on the way in. He gets to the studio and he tries picking up that riff just to practice. Before you know it, the drummer gives him a little, a little halftime beat, throwing a little bass line, and now a whole new song has been created. Mm. Seems like it's all taken from somewhere, you know? You, you would think. This one is definitely a lot different than the first three songs on the other side. Yeah. This was a little more groovier. One other thing I found fascinating about you too is in a world, because I did rock radio for a while, and when you hear rock and roll, there's a sound you think of, you know? Rolling Stones had a rock and roll sound. ACDC, rock and roll sound. Van Halen, rock and roll. You too kind of stands on their own with the sound. They were played on rock stations alongside ACDC and these rock bands. But to me, when I hear this band, it's more than just rock music. It's like a pop, rock, blues, even like 70s Pink Floyd sounds I'm hearing right yeah. now, you know? Yeah. I always thought of them as like an intro to like punk or grunge, my fault. Wrong, I can see wrong, that. Wrong rock. But they wrong. were they were they were played on rock radio, which I kind of felt like they were slightly out of place with their sound, but it seemed to work. The audience wanted to hear U2, at least a majority of the audience. There were people that were like, oh, U2, they ain't a rock band. But they get classified as a rock band. I can hear it. I mean, there's a lot of guitar, a lot of drums, you know, some singing. A lot of screaming. That's rock. <laughs> a lot, well, this one, uh, this one definitely has the kind of like '90s grunge vibe more right. than the first yeah. three. Well, that's what I'm saying. They're like a pre-grunge you kind can of totally sound. Go, like this song. Yeah. Like this yeah. song. Yeah. Those three are very different than this. You can True. go easily out of this song to like a Pearl Jam. Yeah, or but that's what I'm saying. But yeah. some, but even some of the, like their songs were very like their first three songs that we heard on this album. They were very. You know, they weren't so hardcore, but then they had some that were like this as well. Mm. I think that's just grunge music. Like, it, if it all the songs it's on the album song. were like this one, a I moody, would, uh, it's a moody, uh, what the hell is the word? The moody blues? For? No, I'm just kidding. No, it's just, it's moody music. You know what I'm saying? Grunge was always very emotional music to me. Yeah. 90s Gen X shit. You got to get your... uh, Why am I so sad? You got to get your flannel shirt out of (laughs) the closet. Your Doc Martens. Can't forget those in them jeans that swept the flow. And just be overall depressed. Or you can be like, yeah, 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 it's true. You just stand around like this. (sighs) See, that's why I was glad I listened to Snoop Dogg and just got high and shit. I I was a lot happier. Yeah, hip-hop and R&B. And I listened to pop music back then, too, because, you know... But I always, I always dug it. I always loved it. To the arms of America. Yeah, that's total grunge. And this song is, I guess, uh, not that song, but the whole album, Joshua Tree, is supposed to be this romance with America that these guys from Ireland have. And it worked because the album really translated to Americans. They fell in love with it. And when you hear about how he studied the music over here, the American music, he spent time with... Willie Nelson, spent time with Bob Dylan, Mick Jagger, uh, spent time with Roy Orbison. You heard him mention that uh, in in the last song. But he was studying all these different American artists. He came from a world of punk. Like you were saying, you hear punk music, Raymond. You're right. They were inspired by The Clash and The Ramones. That's what they were listening to. Right. But then they started listening to some Stones and some... Even Johnny Cash. I've heard Bono say that he's a huge, huge uh, icon and inspiration for uh, for Bono. Sure. So take him from country, take him from rock and roll, learning the American culture, and then knocking it out here with this Joshua Tree. Yep. See, and that's funny because Johnny Cash kind of played both lines, too, because I always thought of him as a kind of rock and roll slash country, country artist. Yeah, like... yeah. I, I kind of felt like he did both, you know. When you consider like you know the early guys like Chuck Berry and all that, what, yeah. what that type of rock like and roll they said was. his his type of country is outlaw country. Yeah, yeah, I like it. The song is "Running to Stand Still." It's about heroin addiction. Yeah, I remember that. 
Do you remember the, your addiction, or you remember? No, no, no. I remember <laughs> like, that. What? I, I remember that this song was about that. Both. When it when it came out, they talked about it. Yeah, yeah. no. I never had an addiction. He to doesn't heroin. remember the heroin addiction because that's still going on. <laughs> <laughs> I've never done heroin outside of uh, ecstasy. Yeah. But I've done a lot of cocaine. 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 Yeah, yeah. I got another uh, soundbite here from Bono. Uh, he was a huge fan of the idea of America, but a critic of real America. And uh, I think there's some very insightful talk here from Bono. So we started to explore this uh, uh, this idea of America. I felt I personally became like an annoying fan uh, of this mythic America, where the liner notes you know, of the country, like the Declaration of Independence, where I would follow America into the bathroom and quote the liner notes saying, you know, what's happened to you? Yeah. This is who you are. You're not, you're, not, you're not living up to who you are. And for whatever reason, I think because of just love and respect for the idea of America, we've gotten away with, uh, with, with being such a pain-in-the-ass critic. It is odd that a band from Ireland, you know, critiques everything about America and, and then Americans relate with them. Well, I do find it weird that the album is about having an infatuation with America only to start critiquing America. That's a little weird, but whatever. Yeah. Well, I well, think if you look at it more, it was like they were kind of let down because or they you could just say the expectations. Yeah. You know what? It's it's like seeing the hot oh, chick. You never want to meet your heroes. And there. you you romanticize about how beautiful she is. Sure. Her body is perfect. <laughs> her smile is perfect. And she sucks. Yeah. And yeah. then her breath smells. It's like what? <laughs> what? What happened? That's not her breath. She looks so beautiful <laughs> from across the pond. Right. And that's what he would say, that people from other countries, they have this fantasy about America. It's the land of free freedom, which well, there are a lot of freedoms They are here. lucky in the way that no one ever had that so, fantasy about Ireland. Yeah. <laughs> Just kidding. I'm Irish. I can say that. I like to go, <laughs> like to go over there I'm and glad drink, you drink put that disclaimer in there. <laughs> go back to your country, lad. No, I'm just kidding. No, I get it. I mean, because, you know, that's how people from outside the United States, they view the United States till they get here, and they're like, oh, man. What a facade. It's the same shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same shit, different ego. All right, we're going, know, going to a bird. We're going to a new record. Whatever you want we've, to call We've that already shit. eaten through a, two sides of a 12-inch. Uh, we are slutty. So, so I got uh, how they got the name U2. It's pretty cool. How, how did they get yeah. the name So U2 um, is an American spy plane used back in the 1950s and early 60s. Okay. And one possible suggestion... For the band's name was a U2 plane crash four days prior to, excuse me, prior to uh, Bono's birthday. So, you know, that's how they came up with the name U2. But there's more. Yeah, there's more. Check this out. Uh, there's so there's more? also, yeah, there's more. Do tell. Yeah. So uh, there could be, it also, they said it's also a play on words like U-T-O-O-O and U-T-W-O. Like U2. I always thought it was the number two. It is you, and then the number two. Yeah, is. but then you can also spell like either one of those, and you're still right. Now that would be a nice cover band name. U T O O instead of U T W O. Just two. Well, yeah, they're just yeah. U. Two. Their brand is the U, and then the numerical number two. Right. But like I'm saying, like if you're a U two cover band, oh, your name would be U T O O. U two. Yeah. That's true. U two. Nobody stole that. I'm you also. Yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking you as well. Like, I'm thinking you're talking about like a whole nother way, like just a regular band. I'm thinking, I'm like, how can we make this work? <laughs> I'm, like, I'm figuring out how we can make this work. I'm like, I think we can make that work. I think we can play this music. It seems yeah, very. This, uh, this is dope. You can play this at like if you're doing a wedding or or like a corporate event. And doing like dinner time or cocktail time, you can play the song. We'd have to let Tomcat sing, though. This song is Red Hill Mining Town. I guess that would be Northern California. Yep. I'm thinking. We going on a field trip, folks. Emerald Coast. Where Where are the Red Hills? Does anybody know? Um, I don't know, but I can look it up. So we talked about Bono and the fact that he would be america's biggest critic well once you start criticizing america you do get haters Uh oh and as we've said if you ain't got no haters you ain't popping that's true that's true but here is bono this is i thought was a really interesting story again all these audio clips i got from uh, apple music and uh, zane low i don't know if you guys know who zane low is 
But he really did a good interview with uh, U2, and so that's where we're getting these clips from. So we'd like to thank Apple Music for these clips. And Zane Lowe. But this clip right here is Bono talking about how once you start criticizing America, it comes with death threats. Sure. And uh, th this was a, a pretty wild story here from Bono. I think in Arizona, we campaigned for Martin Luther King Day um, when it was being uh, rejected. And, uh, and the, the FBI came down and said, look, we, we're worried about the show tonight. And we've been told that if you sing this song, probably in the name of love, you will be executed. And we're taking it seriously because a lot of people, it's hard to, to pat everyone down Must and all of that. But um, I remember going ahead with that. Of course, we're not going to be intimidated. But I do remember having a moment, the verse in the middle where it talks about the assassination. I thought, well, it's going to happen, it's going to happen here. So I, I kind of got down on my knee and I closed my eyes. And when I looked up, he was standing in front of me, oh, giving it all the... Amazing. Giving it a bit of... Uh, amazing. Of, of chin. Of chin. Yeah. And He's pointing at his bass player. But, Cheers you know, America was a... Uh, and is a taciturn place. It, 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 can, it can turn on itself. We've all got a lot of stake in the American idea. We wanted to succeed, mm. and it's 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 a beautiful idea, mm. and and that's why we, we get worked up about it, and that's why we're passionate about it. You've worked hard for what you have: your money, your assets, your 401k, and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to three million dollars in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, only by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. You know what song that they were, they were talking about? Which one? Bloody Sunday, I'm pretty sure. Probably. Yeah. He was about. saying Pride in the Name of Love is was the song. Was it? Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. For the MLK deal. They well, were trying to make it a holiday. Sunday. Oh, okay. That's another song, That's Bloody about, Sunday. I thought that one was about the, the day that MLK died, Bloody Sunday. Is it? Look I that up. I, I already know that it is, but I'll look it up again. So maybe it was a song. Well, he, he just mentioned that they were doing Pride in the Name of Love, and I guess yeah. there's a lyric in there that talks about an assassination. I don't know the lyrics of the song that well to know I, that. Me either. But he says as he's singing that, he goes down on one knee, and all of a sudden his, there's thought, there's talk that there, he's going to be assassinated, and his bass player stands in front of him as he kneels down to sing the lyric. Pretty powerful. Okay. Yeah, I was wrong about the Bloody Sunday one. The Bloody Sunday is one of U2's most overly political songs. Lyrics have described the horror felt by an observer. Of the troubles of Northern Ireland, mainly focusing on the 1972 Bloody Sunday incident sure. in Derry, where British troops shot and killed unarmed civil rights protesters. Okay. So they got a history of that over they there in Ireland just, and over here. They do. Yeah. Oh, yes. yeah. Yeah. They yeah. sure do. I, I remember, especially in the 80s. Yeah, they, they weren't considered I, white people until they came to America. Well, thanks. It's true. It's true. I found out where. Uh, uh, Red Hills Park is, or where the Red Hills the mining, is. Mining, mining towns of the Red Hills. What uh, is it? It's in Sumner, Illinois. Okay. Zip code six two four six six. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> that was cheesy. Yeah, I know, but you know, I take and get them when I can. A lot of love for Bono on this <laughs> album as I listen to it. It's reminding me of how talented he is with these sounds. You hear these like little uh, guitar sounds and sounds on a keyboard. Bono had all those interesting sounds, and I think when you do harmonize Bono's singing with Edge's sounds he makes on his keyboard, it is it is U2. U2. It's yeah. good. Damn, is it good. You know, and not to go back to an you know, old topic, but I like to believe that U2 was coming from the place of what 
America as far as our government does to its people, you know, and how we're treated, you know, they had a problem with that. Not America as, you know, a society. I think they probably thought we were pretty awesome, you know, as much as they did and, you know, learned about us. And, you know, I have to think that they were quite enamored with who we are as, as a society and felt maybe we should be treated better as a whole. Possibly. The song was moved, uh, used in the 1999 movie Three Kings, starring George Clooney. I like that movie. Yeah. Oh, that's when they did the uh, the Iraq War movie. Yeah. Yeah. It's called In In God's Country. Ice Cube was in that joint. Yeah. Another thing I think that's interesting about this band, we talked about the fact they stayed together for all these years and still together. But the fact that they never went out and did like a solo project, you know, we heard that with a lot of these bands where, oh, the lead singer decided he wants to go do his own thing. You know, he's, he can bono. I'm just surprising. But as you uh, read about them, their manager once said the reason why they never did a solo project is he doesn't know that one of them has the talent to do it by themselves. That the reason why the band was so good is because each one of them brought out the best in each other and each one of them brought something different to the table and he thinks that there if they went out and did something solo probably wouldn't be successful because the reason why they're successful is because it you know takes a right. band a band so, of people sure yeah, well you know what at least they won bands that, that we know of that actually took that serious you know where it's like yo I know I can't do it by myself because I would flop, and you know y'all would also be bad, so just stick together and make some dope shit. And here we are. This is very bluesy. Yeah, it is. This reminds me of, like, being in... Oh, shit. Back when my uncles would let us come in, they they had little juke joint shits. Yeah. And somehow we sneak our asses in there, and motherfuckers be playing the harmonica, motherfuckers be drinking, and... Bitches be everywhere. One, this was just remind, remind me of. I guess over the course of recording this album, it took them about nine months to get this completed. And we've heard some albums, you know, they bang it out in two weeks, but th- this one took nine months. And during the recording of this album, twice they paused recording to participate in benefit concerts. Let's go. So they did the 1986 Self Aid in Dublin, nice. which was uh, trying to help Ireland's unemployment crisis by raising some funds to try to get more jobs. And then they also were a part of uh, Conspiracy of Hope, which I'm not sure what that is. But that was another cause that they stopped recording to uh, do some charitable stuff, which kudos to them. Fuck yeah, Yeah. man, that's dope. Another thing that slowed down the recording of this album was Bono's, one of his close friends, and he was a personal assistant to Bono. During the recording of this, his best friend uh, and assistant, Greg Carroll, was killed in a motorcycle accident. Oh, boy. So he says that uh, even though 1986, they were doing so much great things creatively, that as he was going through everything in 1986, preparing for this album, his marriage was under a strain because I guess they were recording and they were on the road and there was a lot of pressure with this album, so his marriage was going to shit. And then his personal assistant killed in a motorcycle accident. And so he says it was just a real struggle for him during this time. And they do say that pain for artists, when you can express the pain in music or in art in any kind, it really translates to the audience. You can really feel the emotion. Yeah. So maybe maybe that's why this album is is so great, too, because uh, Bono and the band going through so much pain at the time. Makes sense. Yeah. The, this uh, the album's working title was Two Americas, and that kind of makes sense. Yeah. Because that was kind of the theory behind what sure. they were talking about in this. Well, you kind of asked a question, Gentry, what a conspiracy of hope was. It was actually six benefit concerts held by uh, this company called Amnesty International. And uh, they took a bunch of bands. They headlined with people like Steam, Brian Adams, 
Peter Gabriel, uh, and the police actually did their reunion tour show. Oh, that's dope. The last three years that they had it. And it subsequently turned into what ended up being the human right concerts. That's so awesome. it was kind of like a human rights concert, making awareness about mm-hmm. injustices, you know, everywhere. I bet those are some killer concerts. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I remember oh, watching. Uh, oh yeah. So back in uh, 2004 or five or whenever it was, uh, uh, Live Earth or Live Aid, that yeah. it was on MTV VH1. They stole the show at Live Aid. I heard. Yeah. Because it, it was like um, it was a concert going on on each continent. Like uh, I forget who's in fucking Antarctica. But I remember Lincoln Park was in Japan. I watched the London. Was it, was it Didi? Uh, uh, what? <laughs> Shut Who, up. Who's Didi? Didi's nuts. Trying to tell a cool story and this motherfucker come up with some shit. <laughs> More great sounds from the edge here. Yeah. All these little interesting sounds the edge comes up with. Uh, I have a great story here from The Edge. It's kind of long, but I think you'll enjoy it. Uh, as they're being interviewed, uh, they were asked during the Joshua Tree, you know, were there any drugs involved? This is a band that really, one maybe one of the reasons why they stayed together, you don't hear about the heroin problems and uh, the big drug and alcohol problems from this band. But it does sound like there were some drugs done. And here's the story from Edge talking about the drugs that were done while they were recording Joshua Tree. And there were no uh, drugs involved, but it, it, uh, at well, least magic mushrooms. <laughs> oh, really? Okay. It used to grow in the field. <laughs> okay, there was magic okay. mushrooms. Funny moment with the mushrooms. This was a metaphysical experiment. You yeah. understand? Of course, yeah, of, course. of course, of course. Very it's artistic. spiritual. So I, uh, I had to come late to a party that was happening at Adam's house, and some lads were offering me some to try. So the I said lads. I'd never done it before. Might as well. So took a few, waited, forty minutes. Nothing had happened. You didn't double down. So I doubled, triple down. down. It's even worse because I actually went to bed of a dark room, <laughs> watching fire fireworks displays that are happening in my imagination. And oh, then yeah. I started to understand the secrets of the universe. I had this moment of, of insight, and I was thinking to myself, I will never remember these tomorrow. That's right. I have to record these insights. So I crawled across the floor, <laughs> which took me about 25 minutes. <laughs> got to my Walkman, my recording Walkman, yeah. got back to bed, hit play, and then the red light came on. So it was another 25 minutes looking at the red light. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, the secrets of the universe. <laughs> Next day, woke up, better go and listen to what that was. So I went up, and the, it was still on record, you know, batteries all yeah, run yeah, down, yeah. but so put new batteries in, turned the tape over. Hit play. I was like, all I could hear was, I've been talking into the battery compartment the whole night. Lost, not a single audible word. Lost. Uh, the secrets of the universe lost to time. <clears throat> when I first That's started classic. hearing him tell that story, I'm thinking, wow, like maybe streets with no names. Like, how did he, well, maybe he came up with something when he was on the mushrooms? Yeah. Whatever he came up with, he does not remember and was not audible. <laughs> that so, makes me want to do mushrooms. That has always so been my right experience now. with mushrooms. I've done mushrooms quite a bit, and you think you're like coming up with some crazy shit, and if you record it or write it down, you look at it after, and it is complete jargon <laughs> nonsense. It makes but, so much sense on the mushrooms. You definitely feel like you were revealed to the secrets of the universe on mushrooms and acid. They make me I've feel done, They make me feel like acid, paper acid. Yeah, I'm not a huge fan. Yeah, it depends. I, I, mean, I haven't done mushrooms, uh, you know, pun intended. Yeah, I haven't done them yet. No? No. I, I had somebody who though. offered me a chocolate bar that was like microdosing. And then he was like, get in the van. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. That was, that, was, that was something else. That was heroin. No. <laughs> the, um, and, uh, yeah, no, it was interesting to say this. Well, no, they do Not have the training. they have the mushroom chocolates. It's in the yeah. and those are apparently really, really good. They were like really yeah. good. It, it was like it, it was yeah, the most just, I've ever good. felt off mushrooms when I've ever taken them. Like and I've only good. done it a couple times, but that was how I felt you, them. How would you describe your high? Spectacular. Mm, no, <laughs> spectacular. No. And for me, it was well. It's rainbow, so it's spectacular. <laughs> spectacular. <laughs> 
It was uh, it was kind of intense, a bit yeah. uh, anxious, yeah, for me. So that don't seem like good then, because if you were anxious, that like the, it kind of goes, you know, against the purpose, right? I mean, cause I'm, I'm asking because like eventually soon I'm gonna do some mushrooms because I'm very very curious. But that, I think that's something you got to be in the right mind to do, and well, I don't yeah. know that I was prepared to do that. So I just basically, did it on the you whim. shouldn't be like in an argument with somebody and then like fuck that. I'm taking these mushrooms and. Then next thing you know, you like having a bad no, trip. Next may, song's called Exit. You may find their head oh, on cool. the bedpost. Is this the last song? No, there's one more after this. Okay. Yeah, I was just going to sit around my fire pit, throw on some good music like this, and, and, and go to space. I would do something a little more intense, like some Pink Floyd. Really? Yeah. Okay. Some of these songs actually remind me of uh, Pink Floyd a yeah, little bit. Sure. Pink Floyd inspired. I would imagine they've had some influence, of, you know. Pink Floyd, huh? Yeah, yeah, you know what? Look, Dark Side of the Moon, I can do that. The one album we haven't done is The Wall. We did do Dark Side of the oh, Moon. We oh, we talked album. about doing oh, The Wall, no, though. Just, uh, hey, teacher, leave those kids alone. That was yeah. not an epic song. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Oh, I like, I that. That, I like that little bass line there. It's coming in. Yep. Uh, here's another clip from Bono. Um, one thing I'd like for us to look up to. What is Bono's real name and Edge's real name? That's be interesting, I think, to know. But here is Bono talking about meeting his hero, Bob Dylan. Uh, let's uh, listen in. I met my hero at Slane Castle. I was standing, waiting for him and to, to meet him, and he came from behind, and he knocked, uh, this guy knocked me on the, on the shoulder. I turned around and went, can I have your autograph? <laughs> Which is just genius. It's just totally Bob Dylan. Did you give it to him? Um, no, I, I couldn't speak or think or talk, you know. You know, whether it was Sinatra, Willie Nelson, you know, we, we, we Roy go Orbison. Roy Orbison. We go after these people in order to learn. So we went off on this journey of discovery into American music and folk music. Mm. And that we had in one hand as we went into the Joshua Tree, and in the other hand, we had Let's Make Music, the likes of which no one has ever heard before. Yeah, yeah. So ancient and modern, that was the dialectic. I would say that that's kind of like what we're hearing here, you know? I love that. Another thing that you 2 I think they do get the credit for it, so I don't want to say they don't get a lot of credit for it, but maybe they should get more. I've never been to a U2 concert, but they say it's one of the best shows you'll ever go to. Yeah. That with the visuals and they really tell a story when you go to a U2 concert and they, they sold out stadiums and they're really big on making sure that every seat in the arena has a great experience. Even the people that sit all the way in the back. Bono has always said that. I think I even have a clip of him talking about that. That's so dope. Like, I mean, are, you, are, you, are you talking about Paul David Houston? <coughs> or Houston, I'm sorry. Is that his real name? Yeah. <laughs> Paul. His name's Paul. Call Paul David, David Houston. Houston. Paul David Houston. Houston, we have a problem. What about uh, Edge? Do you know you know his <laughs> you know Edge's real name? What is Edge's real name? I was hoping somebody else could look that I, one up. I thought Memphis was hard at work on that one. <laughs> oh, I was looking up something else. Sorry. <laughs> He's looking at porn. What's funny is like the, the other guys just like use their real names because it's Adam Clayton on bass guitar. You know, he doesn't have some name like The Edge. And then you had Larry Mullen Jr. back there on the drums. Old Larry. How about Larry and Adam. 
How about David? That's why they're not famous. Howell Evans. So imagine if the band was Paul Hewson, David Powell, Adam Clayton, and Larry Mullen. I don't know that they're famous. It's it's the Bono and the Edge. Yeah, yeah. you got it. You got to have them cool ass names. It was David Howell. And those other two guys messed up H-Mark by not getting a cool nickname, man. I would have been like Razor. Razor. I'm Razor. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Your Edge, Oscar. <laughs> you're Razor. It's metaphorical. Oh, um, uh, the Spike. Oh, yeah. The Spike <laughs> on drums back there. Something. If they would have had cooler names, they probably would have been as famous as Bono and the Edge. True. Yep. You got to have agree. a good name. They sound like wrestlers, actually. Yeah, they do. I thought but a rose Coming in a, a combined rose. weight of 624 pounds. Bono. <laughs> and the Edge. <laughs> Tag team champs. Uh, here is Bono, though, talking about how he likes uh, for everybody to have a great time at their concert, not just the people sitting in the front row. The thing is, is at a U2 show, we want the best seat to be the back of the house. Everything's designed for that. Mm-hmm. So whether we're climbing into the audience... Um, that, I think they call it the fourth wall. We're always trying to smash that. My idea of a performer is not one that's comfortable with the distance between the stage and the audience. My idea of a performer is one that might leave the stage and, and you might find them in your life, on your lap, following you home, mugging you in the alley, <laughs> making you tea, whatever it is. Yeah. But that comfortable distance, we've always tried to attack as a band and between a, uh, an audience and, uh, and the stage. We try to smash that. We do it with technology now, but back then we just did it physically. We went into the audience. We know a guy like that, don't we? Burning. Burning. <laughs> That's on point to you. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, yeah, I might come into, the, come into the audience and leave the stage. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, big we, time. Burning. We know, we know get, a performer like that. I guess Bono did that at Live Aid uh, and uh, he, I, when he's telling the story, he says that he hates seeing the footage of it because he had the worst mullet ever. <laughs> That's hilarious. But uh, he didn't think it was bad that time. If, if you go look at the footage of Bono at Live Aid back in the mid '80s, the late '80s, I guess he had a terrible mullet. But he went into the stage, or went off the stage and went into the crowd and flew with his mullet into the crowd. And he started dancing with someone that was like being pushed around. You know how when you get at a big festival. And, some, somebody looks like they're being trampled. He yeah. went out there and seeked this woman out, danced with her, made her kind of like the star of the crowd, did his 30th anniversary concert for this particular um, album, Joshua Tree. And what do you know, that same woman out in the crowd, she was holding up a sign. He goes out 30 years later and has another moment with this same woman. That's dope. I think you can look it up on the internet. That's awesome. Bono at Live Aid. Helping a woman from getting trampled and making her a star, and then seeing her 30 years later at like a tribute to the Joshua Tree album. Same woman. That's, That's a pretty dope. good story. He's a cool dude. Now, how dope. do you think he knew it was the same woman? Did you think she looked I think, the same? I think she, she was she holding up some kind of sign. Uh, she was pointed out to him, uh-huh. and then he confirmed it was her. And so I think there's a picture out on the internet mm-hmm. where you can see him with his mullet back in the day with this woman helping her and dancing with her. Mm-hmm. And Hi, Bono, it's me, Susan. And you can see him like some 30 years later, yeah. same woman. That's dope. She's like 200 pounds heavier. No, <laughs> oh, that's fine. <laughs> you're such a dad. <laughs> I swear. Bags, bags under our eyes. And shit. You sure that's her, man? Stop it. Wrong podcast. Well, I'm looking at the images of him and the girl. I'm looking at the one in Live 8. So I, I see it like he's hugging her and stuff right now and everything. Is she and hot? It, uh, you, you can't really see because she's, she's so got like fat. most of her face <laughs> in the. Uh, in ass. In, um, now Memphis is trying to tell a story, TK. Stop being so disrespectful. He'll try not to laugh, TK. Dang. So the, the girl, she's got her face like in his in neck his area. So you can he's curling her so she can't can't really see her. But I see that moment back then. I don't know. I ain't seen no new one yet. I wonder if he banged her. I don't know. That's one thing about you, too. We don't have like any Motley Crue stories where they got all fucked up and trashed a hotel room or, you know. No Nikki Six stories where they didn't show up because they were doing too much heroin. One thing yeah, I do sure. like about them is their 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 um, formula for making music and the way that they went about making music 
and their ideas. I, I love it, like that, about them. It's great. And they didn't get caught up all in the drugs, so they were able to do other things like help people and go around and do benefit concerts and get into helping civil rights movements and shit like that back at home in Ireland here in the United States because they weren't all like focused on themselves and having, you know, I had a drug addiction, so I'm not casting shade on people with drug addictions, but because they didn't have one, I'm they guessing they smoked. A fruitful life, I would it, say. They probably were big fans of the... Uh, Ganja? Pato. Yeah, yeah, oh, the yeah. Mar- marijuana. What'd you call it? The tatos? Pato. Oh, pato. What, that, what does that mean? Just pot with Mota. an O at the end of it. Yeah. Oh. buena. The good shit. This last song here is called Mothers of the Disappeared. and uh, Plan of the Gods. In 2014, the Joshua Tree was inducted into the Grammy Hall of Fame and was selected for preservation in the U.S. National Recording Registry. Awesome. That's dope. For being deemed culturally, historically, and aesthetically significant by the Library of Congress. You know what that means? So, like, if the world is going to end or we have, like, one of those 2012 moments, like the movie with the flood and some shit, and they take the Constitution out of it, they also take this album. Is that the Nicolas Cage movie? Uh, no, nah, that's yeah. the one with John Cusack. Yeah. Oh, I saw the. Oh, I thought the Constitution Con was Air? in there. Well, 2012, <laughs> John Con Cusack, Air. but then he said the Constitution. Oh, yeah, the one so with not, yeah. Oh, the, the Nicolas Cage one, man. Yeah. That, was, that was called Taken. Oh, no, no, uh, not United Taken. Uh, shit. shit. But it's good. Is that it? That was that a good That is one. it. Wow. wow. That, yes. That last song, obviously, not obviously, but it was written on his mother-in-law's Spanish guitar, Bono, for the beautiful uh, pictures of the missing sons and daughters you see like all over the place of missing children. Mm-hmm. That's what that one was. That's awesome. That's dope, man. Yeah, they did all kind of great things, the title. Man. Yeah, you two, I mean, even if you weren't a fan of the music, you had to be a fan of the band. You know, but it's hard to be a fan of the band and not the music because, I mean, the True. music is of course. crazy. 100%. This album is dope. I'm buying it. It is. Me too. This sound was made on a, a stereo, uh, uh, like a prototype guitar. It was saying on song facts. Interesting. This song, right? Mm-hmm. The sound right here. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. There, there's a new venue in Las Vegas yep. called The Sphere. I don't know if anyone has seen it, but yeah. uh, it looks really cool. And it's got like all these digital screens, LEDs, where they make it look like all kinds of crazy stuff and it just opened and uh, I guess U2 is going to be doing some of the first concerts at the Sphere in Las Vegas and if you go to U2.com they have information about their tours and you can buy vinyl records you know we are dim vinyl boys Mm -hmm. you can get some of the uh, classic anniversary editions of the Joshua Tree they got cool shirts on here so check out U2.com yeah man that's going to do it for this edition of Dem Vinyl Boys. We are brought to you by Factor Meals. Uh, make sure you go to uh, Factor Meals and use our promo code DVB50. That is factormeals.com slash DVB50 and save 50% on uh, pre-made meals. Ready to eat in two minutes, and they're pretty damn good. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Delicious. Um, we got a delicious album for you next week. Um, we could do The Beatles. We could do Lenny Kravitz. We could do The Stones. Um, you guys have any suggestions? Any- Lenny, I like Lenny Kravitz because I watched his uh, concert the other night, and I'm like a big fan anyway, so I'm going Lenny Kravitz. That's fine with me. All right, man, we'll do some Lenny, I guess. Next yeah, time Lenny here. Kravitz, oh. dirty is high, yeah! All right, that's going to do it for us. <laughs> Keep that needle in the groove. And uh, go back and listen to some of our older episodes. We've done Pink Floyd. Uh, we've done LL Cool J last week, if you missed last week's episode. I mean, so many great albums yeah. uh, from different genres and different times and different eras. But this was a good one. You this too. Great one. Yeah. The Joshua Tree. Until next time, we'll see you. We're out of here. We're out. Later.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.